Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hi everyone. It's reunion time. Uh, before we get started, if you want to hear more from me, go to patreon.com slash lizexplains. Last week, I did an episode on Plathville. Welcome to Plathville, season four, episode one. I love Plathville. I also did another episode kind of recapping my thoughts on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. As anybody that follows any of my social media knows, I am um, pro Amber Heard. So if you want to hear a different take than what you're getting in the mainstream media, that makes me sound crazy, the use of the word mainstream media. (laughs) But if you want to hear a different take and why Amber Heard is not, like, did not defame Johnny Depp and is in fact his victim please go to my Patreon and listen. Um, What else is there? Oh, this week I'm doing an episode on Below Deck, season three. I'm excited. I haven't done Below Deck. Um, I used to watch a lot of Below Deck and I haven't really kept up with it. And going back, I remember why I liked it. It's a good show. So patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And just so you guys know, I'm locked out of the Instagram I have for my Patreon account like a fucking idiot. I had... um. For my internship, I had like three Instagram accounts that I was logged into. My internship is over and I didn't want them to be on like my toggle screen anymore because I'm, I'm like that person that I need like no notifications. I need only the accounts that I want to have access to to show up. And to do that, you have to log out of all your accounts. So I did that, went to go log back into my accounts and realized I had turned on sometime in October for reasons I am not sure why. I don't know why I did this. I have two-factor authentication turned on for most things, and I changed for some reason my Instagram accounts, well, two of my Instagram accounts, um, to a, like an authenticator app, and then I got a new phone, and like none of that information carried over, so I can't get the second verification like I can't get the two-factor working for my Patreon Instagram it's so annoying I had to send meta you know Facebook's new name like a a hostage picture of me essentially (laughs) like my face holding up a a piece of paper with like a number on it and my name and my Instagram handle I have not heard back there's only two grainy face pics of me on there um I do have a listener that said hopefully she'll be able to help me like if they don't give me my account back but I have to wait to hear back from them which I still have not it's really frustrating (laughs) and it's so stupid it was like uh, like as soon as I did it I was like fuck there's nothing more annoying than when you really fuck something up like for truly no real reason just because like you're doing something dumb. So that's where I am right now. I also might take next week off, just a heads up. I'm not like 100% sure, but it's Memorial Day weekend. It's my birthday. I'm taking a nice long weekend at the shore, and I don't know if I want to record. So we'll see. I'll probably bring my microphone, but we'll see. We'll see if I decide to record or not. But besides that, it's reunion time. Oh, they've like apparently officially announced the new shows. Well, new show and then what else is coming. So they're calling it Teen Mom the Next Chapter, I believe, which I actually think is a good name. Like, if you asked me what they were going to name that show, Teen Mom the Next Chapter is definitely, like, up there with what I would assume. It, I think I saw some people being like, why are they keeping Teen Mom in the name? And it's like, because that's what the show is, you know, like, they need it for branding. And they're not going to just, like, come up with a whole new name. Um, I didn't love, like, Teen Mom Legacy, which is just, like, they took that from Real Housewives of New York. Uh, So I think Teen Mom The Next Chapter is fine. Supposedly the cast is going to be Amber, Macy, Cheyenne, right? Amber, Macy, Cheyenne, Ashley, Jade, Brie, Leah, who's the other person? And Caitlin. Um... So basically everybody that's on the shows now, except for Kalen and Mackenzie McKee, which I like, I think makes sense. I'm also, guys, I'm still like not a hundred percent sure Kale's not going to participate. Like, 
I kind of think when push comes to shove, Kale might agree to do it. Uh, She says that she doesn't want to do it, but it's a lot of money. I mean, I understand if it's a pay cut, not wanting to do it. I probably wouldn't want to do it either because being on these shows sucks because you have assholes like me picking apart every moment of your life. And if you're not making like to get a pay cut and you still have to do the same thing, I, I don't blame Kale for not wanting to do it. As I've said, I think Kale financially will be fine for a while. Um, I think that out of all of the teen moms on across all of the series, Kale has done probably the second best job of monetizing her brand. Remember before people had brands? <laughs> Imagine in 2009 if I was like, her brand is really great. People would be like, what? <laughs> oh, my dog is going off cookie said hey everyone i'm watching cookie this weekend my mom and stepdad are in north carolina so it's just me and cooker and she is you know she's such a good dog except for the fucking barking like she is she doesn't chew anything she never has accidents in the house knock on wood she really is such a good dog she doesn't like jump up on shit like it's the fucking barking. It's like her one bad habit that my mom didn't train her out of when she was younger. And she's like 10 now. So it's just never going to change. It's so annoying. Um, Where were we? Oh, so Team Mom next chapter. Oh, Kale. Kale's done a really good job with her monetization. Uh, she says she makes more money on the podcast than she does on Teen Mom. I'm not sure I believe that. Um, I believe she does well on the podcast. Here's my reasoning. She has a lot of ads. She is always, she has three podcasts that are always in the top 50 of her, uh, like, category. I will randomly check. They do really well. And if those three pod, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of listens. The fact that Kale doesn't have a Patreon lends me to believe that she's making a lot of money on ads. Um, she has like a really pretty dedicated podcast following. Now I know everybody listening to this is like, who the fuck cares about Kale's podcast? I don't know, but people do like, (laughs) clearly people do because people listen to her shit, right? Like I see, I see the rankings in the podcast charts, like people listen to her stuff. And I think that if Kale was not making like decent money doing these podcasts, I'm pretty sure she would have a Patreon or some sort of like paid subscription service. She has a very dedicated uh, like Facebook group. There's for Coffee Convos, I believe, or one of the podcasts. There's my understanding is there's like tens of thousands of people in there. Um, If you could convert that to 10%. 20% of them signing up for your Patreon at $5 a month. Like you can make a lot of money. I think people really underestimate how much money there is in influencing and podcasting. Um, I I mean, I've talked about this before. Like I'm a fucking nobody. I get about 4,000 listens a week, four to like 6,000 listens a week on feathers in my hair. And I make like $5,000 a month on Patreon. I've been able to convert like a quarter of that audience into Patreon listeners. So if I can do that, that means Kale could be making a lot of money. And the fact that she like hasn't done that leads me to believe that she's doing very well on her podcast ads. There's also like Instagram influencing. Like I think she makes a lot of money influencing. I think that Kale is a hustler. I don't think Kale is a hard worker anymore. I think she was naturally a hard worker. But I think that she's probably gotten like, as far as doing difficult work, has gotten pretty lazy just because she's been rich for so long. But I do think that like Kale will be able to float her lifestyle for quite a while. I think that we'll see her on multiple shows, like multiple different reality shows. Like she's going to start popping up on different things. I wonder if maybe she would pop up on the challenge. Like I can just see stuff like that. I think she's going to be a reality TV star for quite a while. Um, I, I know people are convinced that she will like go broke the minute she's off the show. And I just, I don't believe that to be true for some of them. Like, yeah, like Amber, I don't know what she would do. She doesn't have teen mom. She, as far as I know, she doesn't do like any sponsor content. She doesn't have any like outside sources of income except for teen mom. I think Caitlin and Tyler would be struggling. Um, I think they've like tried a little bit with their Instagrams, but I think the reality is 
Instagram influencing um, is actually not that easy. I don't want to say it's hard because it's not hard, right? Like, relatively speaking to the rest of the world and what everybody else does for jobs, it's not hard. But you do have to, like, put work into doing it. And I just think that, like, a lot of these teen moms don't have the desire to put that work in. I think also part of it is that they got big, like, they got famous. I'm using that loosely, but you know, they got famous like really before sponsored content and influencing was a thing. And I think that because they were already making like a shit ton of money by the time sponsored content really became a thing, which really like on Instagram, like sponsored content on blogs and stuff has been a thing for a long time. Like the mommy bloggers are making a shit ton of money pre-Instagram. But like as far as sponsored content on Instagram, It's really only been a thing since, like, 2015. I remember, like, when Spawn first started getting hashtagged. Um, I remember on Gawker, Allie Jones, I believe her name is, like, calculated how much money you should be making, like, per Instagram follower. And then was just, like, (laughs) like asking brands if they would pay her, like, as a joke because Spawn had, like, just become a thing. Like, this... This brand of sponsor content that we know and love today really has not been a thing for a very long time. And if you're already making $400,000 to $500,000 a year on your TV show, you don't really have the motivation to do the sponsored content. And now it's been many years and you see somebody like Leah, who's like trying to become an Instagram influencer, but it's not natural to her. She's not really doing sponsored deals. So We'll see. We'll see what happens with some of these girls. I think Kale will be fine. I really do. But I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back. Um, Mackenzie McKee is, oh my God, I forgot. This happened this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mackenzie McKee is addicted to being stupid and also racist because she is racist. Oh, wait, before we get into that, they also announced that Teen Mom Young and Pregnant is coming back. (laughs) They didn't announce a date, but it's coming back. And they're also going to do more Teen Mom family reunions. So (laughs) I think they're just like really cheap and easy for them. Okay, so Mackenzie McKee uh, decided to tweet this week, recovering from a death, marriage, problems, and what MTV and the OGs did to me back to back has been a rough go, honestly. I... She is such a victim. What MTV and the OGs did to me. Now, what does she think the OGs did to her? I'm not totally sure. Like, I'm not totally sure. I'm guessing that she's still mad that Cheyenne was like, she's a fucking racist. I don't like her. And the other moms are like, yeah, we don't like her either. Uh, Mackenzie McKee, nothing has, has never done anything wrong. Everything ever happens to her. Then she decided to retweet Morgan J. Freeman. If you don't know, he is like the head honcho at Teen Mom. He is the creator of Teen Mom. And he tweet. he's really active on Twitter. And he tweets a lot of like social justice stuff. And after the horrific shooting massacre in Buffalo last week, if you don't know about it, I don't know how. You must be living under a rock. But a really racist person researched where his max capacity, his max capacity for killing black people could be. And he got a gun and he drove a long distance and he wrote the N-word on his gun. And it's just really, really bad. It's really bad. Um, So Morgan J. Freeman was tweeting about it. And something he said was, being anti-racist starts by admitting that whiteness is a disease. And he's using anti-racist in quotes and whiteness in quotes. And Mackenzie McKee decided to retweet this and say, also the man who has decided I no longer belong on the show. He also decided I am a disease. Like what? Mackenzie. To take a fucking tweet about white supremacy that resulted in a massacre happening a literal massacre to take a that tweet and be like he's decided i'm a disease mackenzie he's white too you fucking idiot she is so racist she is so shitty i'm so glad she's not on the show anymore of course she deleted that tweet because she loves to 
uh, delete tweets. She loves to tweet shit that she has no fucking idea what she's talking about and then delete it the minute that people are like, hey, dum dum, don't say that. It's just, it's so beyond offensive that that is the, like, the context of that tweet that she decided to retweet is, it's just so offensive. It's so offensive because whiteness, as we know it, white supremacy is a disease. It is. I mean, I don't know if I would like, I don't think like that's the best phrased tweet that Morgan J. Freeman has ever done or that anybody has ever done. I'm pretty sure it's part of a bigger thread. But like pulling out that one tweet and being like, he says I'm a disease. Yeah, you are a fucking disease, Mackenzie, because you're a racist piece of shit. And the idea that Mackenzie would take that tweet that's part of a thread about a massacre against black people and would then apply it to herself as some sort of discrimination that she can't be on the show Team Mom anymore just shows what type of person she is. She's a piece of shit. Oh, God, I just hate her so much. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, that that's it for, like, the news this week. Uh, Teen Mom, next chapter. I guess they're just going to rotate out. Like I said, they're going to have, like, these nine cast members or eight cast members, and they're going to rotate week by week who they show. I'm a little curious, like, how that's going to work. Um, I mean, it, like... I think it's good. I mean, not having to watch Macy every week is good, right? Like, that's good. <laughs> that makes me happy. And I do think it might be a better show if we're not watching the same people every single week. I'm just curious, like, how they're going to rotate them. If it's going to be each episode, like they do four girls an episode, four girls an episode. If some people are going to get shown two weeks in a row, I, I'm curious how it will go. We'll be here watching till the bitter end. And I guess we might cover family reunion. I don't know. I don't really know like what the plan is. I mean, Team Mom 2 is over. I don't know when they're starting Team Mom Young and Pregnant. There's only like a week left to Team Mom 2. So I think we'll go back into throwback episodes. I'm like, I have to look and see what episodes I've done. Honestly, I've been doing this show for so long. I feel like redoing episodes, if I did them four plus years ago, is actually okay. I might go through a whole season. We'll see. We'll see what we decide to do. I just want Team Mom Young and Pregnant to come back. Give me Rachel Beaver. I'm excited. Okay. Let's get into the reunion and, like, the resulting drama that happened around it that I'm still like, why is this such a big deal? Uh, we'll get into that right after a quick break. So before the episode airs, MTV puts this clip on Instagram and it ends up being, like, the first clip of the episode anyway, um, where they have, it's Ashley, Leah, Bree and Jade are sitting on the couches. Nessa and Dr. Drew are there and they're like, so where's Kale? Why isn't Kale here? Leah, why isn't Kale here? And Leah goes, I don't, I don't know. And Jade, <laughs> Jade like laughs and is like, you don't know. And Leah's like, no, I really don't. And Jade's like, come on, she's not here because of Bree. Um, they kind of start talking about this. I'll get into it in a minute. And Leah and Ash, well, Ashley gets up and she just like, without saying anything, like gets up and walks out and is like, I'm not going to be part of this. I don't want to be part of talking about somebody that's not here. And Leah's like, yeah, me too. And like runs off the stage. This clip produced so much drama for reasons I cannot understand. I sometimes wonder like if people who watch Teen Mom and talk about it online, watch any other reality TV shows, because like this was truly the most mild reunion. I wouldn't even, it's not a fight. It's not a fight at all. Disagreement, walkout, like it is so mild. I saw people being like, this is unprofessional. First of all, there's nothing in this world that I hate more than people calling the teen moms unprofessional. Guys, this is their job. Their job is to create drama. Their job is to pitch fits. Their job is to be reality TV stars. I always see online like, well, if I walked out of my job, my boss would fire me. Okay, 
because you don't work at MTV on a show called Team Mom where you're a reality TV star. Yeah, I'm not allowed to yell at my boss and walk out either because I work at a fucking law firm. Like, <laughs> I just, it's like, I think part of it, and I, I truly hate to use this word because I am so not a person that's like, you're just jealous. Like, I, there is nothing I hate more than when somebody's like, I don't like that person. And other people are like, you're just jealous. Like, it's just not, I, I think because like, I am not really a jealous person. So it's hard for me to like ascribe jealousy to other people or like project that onto people because I rarely feel jealous of anyone. I, not because I think I'm so great. I think it's just like how my brain works. I'm just, I'm really not even in relationships. Like I'm just really not a jealous person. It's just not an emotion that I really struggle with. Like I have a million other issues. I don't say that as a brag. I really do. I think like some people are just naturally not as jealous as others where I have other issues where, you know what I mean? Like I have things that are worse than other people's, but jealousy is like not really one of my go-to emotions. So I think when I hear other people like projecting that on to others, I it's hard. It's like really hard for me to relate to. But I really do think a lot of people are jealous of the teen moms in a way that's like a rage jealousy, like not a like, oh, I wish that could be me. It's like, how dare they behave this way and get rewarded for it? Which I understand to a certain extent, and I think that this is, like, a societal problem when viewing reality TV stars, right? And I think, like, influencers get it and the Kardashians get it and, like, everybody who the general public sees as undeserving of the amount of money that they make. And I, like, on one hand, like, I agree. Like, it's very frustrating as a person that works a normal 9 to 5 job, really 8.30 to 5.30 job, five days a week like I get it they make more they make like eight times the amount that I do for probably one-tenth the amount of physical work and the amount of hours that they have to spend working but for me it's like this is what there's pay to do like I just I don't really get when people get mad at the moms for like behaving badly on tv you know, I get mad at the moms for things all the time, but, like, it's Mackenzie McKee being a fucking racist asshole. I, it's somebody, like, I don't like when people, when they lie about shit. Like, I just, I don't get, like, being mad about reality TV people, like, creating drama. That's truly what they're paid to do. MTV wants that. There's nothing MTV wants more than somebody to walk off the stage in the middle of the reunion and make a scene. They love that shit. They love it. One of the best reunion moments ever is when Barb and uh, Nate's ex-girlfriend Ashley hug and then Janelle and David are like backstage screaming at her and it's like really like David's about to kill her. Like that's a great reunion moment. These reunions are boring as fuck. And they're designed to, like, get people mad at each other. That's why they're asking this question in the first place. So I just, I don't get when people are like, oh, my God, this is so unprofessional. How dare they do this? This is not acceptable. And, like, I actually think it's the opposite. And this actually is professional. And this is acceptable because that's what they're expected to do in this job. But, yeah, so this clip comes out. People are, like, livid. I see it. I saw both sides right where people are like coming at Ashley and Leah for walking off and then people are coming at uh Jade and Brie for like starting the drama I kind of see both sides like not as in like who I'm mad at I'm at it truly nobody for this but as far as like what side of the drama I'm on I initially was immediately on Brie and Jade's side because I'm of the thought that like Kale not being here is a plot point Full stop. Kale choosing not to come to the reunion because she will not be in the same room as Bray, that that to me is like a thing that needs to be discussed. Of course, they're going to discuss it. They're going to discuss it behind Kale's back and Kale needs to fucking deal with it. And if she doesn't want shit talked about when she's not there, then she needs to get her ass to New York City and fucking film. Like, I just I this is this is how it works. Like, if you're not going to show up to the cast event, like, the rest of the cast is going to be asked about you, and they are going to talk about you, and they should. Like, as an audience, 
member, I think it would be fucking crazy if we're watching this show and they don't acknowledge that Kale's not there and why she's not there. We need to talk about it, right? Like, how can you not, how can you just not address it? Um, and so when it, when Brie or when Jade like laughs and it's like, Leah, you know why she's not here. I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, I think a lot of people see it as like Brie and Jade being like mean girl bullies, but I, I don't, I don't get that. I really don't get that perspective. I think that Brie and Kale are tit for tat always, like always tit for tat. Um, I think that the idea that Brie is like the ultimate villain and Kale is not really boggles my mind. I think that they go toe for toe. I think that neither one with their back and forth are bullying the other one. But I do think Brie or Kale taking Brie to court is, I bully is not a word I would use, but unacceptable behavior. The rest of it, fair game. Even if I don't agree with what they're doing, right? Like they're, they're equal playing, they're on an equal playing field. And I just don't see it as like mean girl behavior or whatever you want to fucking call it for the cast of the show to discuss what's going on on the show. (laughs) I just, I, I don't see it that way. And I'm confused by people who do see it that way. This is a reality TV show. It's not your friends, like not talking about a friend who's not there. You know, it's just different. Um, Leah was like all willing to talk about it, full, fully willing to talk about it. And the fact that Kale's not her friend anymore until Ashley walked off. And then Leah was like, yeah, I should do that, too. That really made me laugh. I will say someone on my Instagram pointed out because I am like, I think that Ashley and Leah walking off is like, what made this a bigger deal? And if they had just sat there and been like, I don't really want to talk about Kale. Kale's my friend. It wouldn't have been a big deal. And somebody on my Instagram, which I thought this was an excellent point, and I totally agree with it, said that Ashley probably walked off because she knew that otherwise MTV could like cut around her and make it look like she's participating in the like in talking shit about Kale. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that's totally right. Ashley could say no comment, no comment, no comment all day. But they won't show that. They'll just show her sitting there. But if she gets up and walks off, they can't show her sitting there listening to people talk shit on Kale. Now, Ashley being friends with Kale, that I don't get. (laughs) I don't get that for one minute. I don't really get why, like, they're on the same side. Um, That confuses me. But I I do think Ashley and Brie are fine, so... I don't really know. I don't really know what the deal is with that. So, yes, when it comes to, like, Ashley walking off because she doesn't want to be part of, like, talking shit on her friend, um, I think that makes sense. And I think that she's right. Or if, like, her thought was MTV could edit this if I don't walk off. I totally agree with that. I think that was a point of view that really made sense. Um, Ashley really is not being super dramatic when she walks off. She's not being like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. She's like, I just don't really want to be a part of this. I will say, I think that her getting up and walking off without saying anything, that's dramatic. She could have just been like, hey, actually, um, I don't really feel comfortable talking about Kale when she's not here, so I'm going to go backstage. But the fact that she just like slinked off stage, which by the way, she looked beautiful. She's like in this beautiful satin dress. She looks so good. I loved, I loved her outfit. Um, my favorite thing about the reunions is that they're all in like various degrees of dress. Like Ashley could walk a red carpet and Leah looks so casual next to her. It's so funny. But I just, I don't know. This like sparks this whole shebang online in a way that like I just didn't understand so it gets posted. Then Leah starts posting shit. Um, she posts something about, I, I don't even know what it said. But then she said, I deleted my story because I have so many thoughts about the recent Team Mom reunion clip. This is the one and only time I'm choosing to speak on this publicly. I would also like to add from one woman to another, if there's any questions or comments about what I'm about to say and you have my number, do yourself a favor and text call me directly. I do well with communicating effectively and finding a resolution, even if our options may not align. I'm very disturbed by the clip I saw of the reunion airing tomorrow. Never did I imagine that a show that was intended to inspire young women would turn into anything other, would turn into other women disrespecting, bullying, shaming, and devaluing each other. 
what? <laughs> okay. First of all, a show that started as a way to inspire other young women. Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I love when they pretend like 16 Pregnant and Teen Mom were like created out of this altruistic movement in order to like show the perils of teen motherhood and not just a way for MTV to be like, look at these fucking freaks. Because that's what Teen Mom and 16 Pregnant were. Look at these fucking freaks. I mean, it still is, but especially when it first started. It was a full stop. As I talk about on my Patreon all the time, there are multiple types of reality shows, and one of them is Look at These Fucking Freaks. TLC loves to look at these fucking freaks show, and that's what 16 and Pregnant was, and then Teen Mom. So when she says, like, this show is never about, like, bullying and berating other women, it's like, there have been so many fights at reunions. I also remember a time in which Leah and Chelsea sat next to Kale as Kale demanded that Brie not be allowed to film anymore. So... You know, that <laughs> it's just so silly. Okay, so then she goes on to say, my job at the Team Mom 2 reunion or when I'm shooting for MTV, Team Mom 2, Team Mom Family reunion is to go up, complete my segments slash scenes to collect my money and get back home to my children. That is exactly what I will continue to do. I'm not being controlled by anyone or following anyone else's lead. Questions that I am asked during my segments, I will always keep it 100 and answer them honestly. I will not tolerate disrespect or stage disrespect on stage or mean girl behavior, especially when someone being discussed is not present to defend themselves. Here's the thing. Like Leah didn't say anything wrong. Dr. Drew's like, why are you guys not friends anymore? And Leah said, because I went to team on family reunion and I became friends with Brie and I liked a post that she had on Instagram and Kale got mad at me, which is I'm sure the truth <laughs> I have three daughters, I'll capitalize, at home where female empowerment is something we believe in, even when you may not see eye to eye with another woman. You never know when someone may be going through something they might not be speaking on. I will always empower and support women. My friendship with Kale has been rocky. To clear it up from my point of view, we went to Teen Mom Tam I went to Teen Mom Family Reunion with the support of everyone around me. After two weeks of filming and learning a lot about the other cast through therapeutic activities and a life coach, I believed we all left on the same page. An unfortunate situation occurred a few weeks later after being home when I liked an Instagram post of Brianna's, refer referencing self-growth. I was unaware at the time that a fat shaming situation had occurred between Brie and Kale. I should, it should be known that I don't and will never support fat shaming and will never support, oh, sorry, and I will never support fat shaming or bullying in any way, shape, or form. This caused tension and hurt feelings that I hope can be resolved one day. I'm honestly sick and tired of being brought into this drama, having my kindness taken for weakness, or being put in a position to where it seems as though I need to choose someone's side. After 12 years of filming, I understand what this show is supposed to be about, and I'm happy to share my story. I feel like all of it is taking a twisted turn, and it saddens me. I'm going to continue to take care of mine and stay out of the way. I'm going to speak on my personal life experiences and the journey which all of you have followed over the years. While I also wish every one of my coworkers the best with moving forward. <laughs> Ashley commented or like posted, let me make something extremely clear. I would never sit in a room and be silent. My friend is being chopped for that purpose. I removed myself. It's not about control. It's about loyalty. Kale wasn't there, was there via zoom. Why wasn't she present for this segment? It's messy period. And the next time you ask me why I'm, in it, we're making a comment referring to this video. It's always two against one. And respectfully, Kale got friends, too. I don't know what that always two against one. Brie and Jade versus Kale? Is that what she means by that? That's so stupid. Okay, then Kale says, I have never been upset with Leah for going on Team on Family Reunion. In fact, I supported her and told her to go and collect her check. Jade, why are you commenting? Because Jade's at the fucking reunion, Kale. Because she's a cast member of team mom too and they're in a segment talking about why you refuse to be there uh she says i was never upset about anyone going to team mom family reunion ashley siren is a real one i just leah's okay first of all <laughs> the concept of female empowerment i'm trying i'm like how deep do i want to go into this it's such empty empty bullshit fake feminism no critical theory behind it girl boss instagram quote feminism it doesn't mean anything it means nothing 
when Leah talks about female empowerment and women supporting women, it doesn't mean anything. Like, not talking shit on your friend is not, like, women supporting women and female empowerment. It's just, it's so empty and it's, like, (laughs) the problem with feminism, like, having no theory behind it, the way a lot of people talk about it. It's just so silly. Leah truly said nothing wrong. She said what she perceived happened with Kale. Um, And I get being like, I actually don't want to be friends with Brie if she sent a treadmill to Kale. Like that, to me, makes total sense. I don't endorse that. I don't want to be with that. I am not on that side. I get it. But then why are you like supporting Kale when she's suing Brie for some fake ass bullshit that's what I don't understand it's like you don't you don't get to be righteous to be like I don't support fat shaming but you do support bullying through legal means that doesn't make any fucking sense to me but Kale and Leah were friends first I totally get it Brie even says like I talked to Leah and I said like if being if talking to me makes things awkward with Kale, like I understand if you don't want to talk to me. Brie actually said something really weird in which she said, if you worship that friendship with Kale, I'm like worship. I think she meant if you value. <laughs> okay, she's not very smart. Nobody ever said she was. <laughs> I just I get why Kale wants like clear loyalty from her friends, right? Like I don't know. I hate the word loyalty. Does anybody else hate the word loyalty, especially like when it comes to friendships? And I I think the older I get, the less that I view the word loyalty as like picking somebody's side. Like the way I view loyalty is like when I have a problem, you show up. You know what I mean? And like you put as much effort into the friendship as I do and that like we're on the same page about things. Like, I would never, for, like, most of my friends, almost all of my friends, I would never be like, you need to be on my side or else. But also, like, I don't get into fights with people. (laughs) You know? Like, I I don't get into fights with people, so I don't have to have people in my life, like, proving loyalty to me. I also think that if you are on a reality television show with these people, you can't really expect, like cast members to completely cut off other cast members like Leah and Brie are colleagues right and they were on that team on family reunion and there's no reason that Leah can't like a post by Brie and mean that like she is supporting Brie in everything she does just like being Kale's friend doesn't mean she's not supporting Kale in everything she does I just Leah being like nobody's in control of me it's like nobody thinks you're being controlled. They just think that you don't have any, like, original ideas. (laughs) Leah would have sat there and continued talking if Ashley didn't get up and walk away. Leah had no fucking problem with talking. Not a single problem. Because she wasn't saying anything wrong. She shouldn't have had a problem with it. And then as soon as Ashley was like, I don't want to be doing this, Leah's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing this. She just looks silly, like, stomping off after she's the one that was talking shit. The idea that Jade shouldn't comment on it, I find really fucking confusing. I saw that sentiment from a bunch of people. Like, why is Jade commenting on this? Because she's sitting on the fucking stage. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean? Why is Jade commenting on this? Because she's on the show. (laughs) Like that. Also, like, Leah, either refuse to talk about it or talk about it. Don't give some bullshit when you're asked, like, why is Kale not here? Being like... I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, of course you fucking know why Kale's not there. But if you don't want to, like, talk about her, which is totally reasonable, the response to that is, like, I don't know. I think that Kale should answer for herself. I don't really want to, like, talk about her that way. Like, there's a way that you can answer that's not bullshitty, and Leah's just not very good at that. Also, I don't believe that Leah wrote those. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I think Jalen's helping her. I've had a cough for like four weeks. It's not COVID. I've tested a million times. It's allergies. And it just will not go away. So that was like the big drama. And like I said, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I really don't get it. I don't get, I don't get what the issue is. This is like so mild as far as like 
team or like a reality show reunion drama even for teen mom there's been way more dramatic shit that happened that like why leah needed to write like a six slide instagram story about this like there's nothing to explain leah (laughs) i read those first and i was like whoa what happened and then i went and watched the clip and i was like what (laughs) that what that's what she's upset about no Okay, okay. I think it's pretty clear that Kale and Leah are not friends anymore. Uh, I talked about this, but Kale, like, unfollowed everyone on Instagram and then followed back only people she trusts. And Chelsea was one of them, and Leah was not. Like, that was a big statement. Um, The idea that Leah would, like, go out of her way to support Kale seems very silly to me. I don't think Kale's ever been a really good friend to her, but... I don't know. They've been friends for a really long time. I get it. Um, Leah also said, like, she has reached out to Kale and tried to make it right, and Kale basically wouldn't talk to her, so I just, like, just talk about her. Who cares? You're on a TV show. Okay. Um, oh, they talked about it being, like, how nobody's being controlled because Bree says, them walking away makes it seem like she's in control. I mean, if I was Ashley, I would snap back at that, too. But it does kind of make Leah look that way. Ashley eventually comes back on on stage, but Leah doesn't. I I don't know. It's like, I, I can't say this enough. Like, I just don't get, like, the severity of their reaction compared to what actually happened. Okay, so let's get into... Like, what actually gets recapped in the reunion. We got our different segments of people. Um, We saw everybody but Brie this week. I guess they're going to, like, really go in on Brie next week. But Leah's out for her session, and she talks about how her kids are thriving. And they talk about the real estate exam and how she took those cameras down. And she's like, sometimes I just, like, can't deal with it in a high-stress situation, which I totally get and understood why she was doing that in the first place. I do find it funny that nobody was like, so where are you with your real estate exam now? Because <laughs> I don't think she uh, has made it very far. So she is saying that like her relationship with Jalen was so unexpected and that's why she was so guarded. Once again, just because you say over and over again that you're guarded doesn't make it true. I also kind of call bullshit on this being so unexpected. Um, if you don't know, if you somehow missed this, like, the way that they met was Jalen did some sort of, like, segment with a producer of Leah's. She saw him tagged in something, and so she followed him on Instagram. That was in, like, September 2020. What year are we in? 2022. So that was in, like, September 2020. Then in, like, January 2021, they start messaging back and forth a little bit. Then, like, a little later, they start messaging back and forth more. Then they go on their first date in July 2021. Um, So, like, she pursued him. (laughs) She was the one that started talking to him. And then, like, she's the one that's in a serious relationship with him, like, a month after meeting him in person. I just find this whole thing so silly. So, so, so silly. Uh, Leah says that she doesn't want to get married because she doesn't want their dynamic to change. And in the past it has because once she got married, they became really controlling. And I was like, is that true? (laughs) Is that a true statement? I don't know. As I said last week, um, even though I've never been married, I do know more about marriage than Leah, who has been married twice. Somebody commented on my Instagram that Leah's had two weddings, not two marriages, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But of course, Leah's open to marriage now. That's the thing. Like, is Leah lying to herself or lying to us? Like when she's like, well, I just I don't know if I ever want to be married again. It's like, of course you do. What are you talking about, Leah? We watch you on this television show. We know what you want. You want to be married and have more babies. So they ask her like how she's going to be a realtor and what it will be like if people recognize her from Teen Mom. And she's like, you know, I'm just out here preventing teen pregnancy. <laughs> oh, one, like, well, I don't know why she doesn't just say, like, actually, as a realtor, that will give me an advantage because I already have, like, a recognition and people will come to me. 
I'm not sure if, like, Leah's even put that together. Leah's just really dumb. I know. It's a revelation, right? Leah's not smart. (laughs) So Jalen comes out, and I hate to say this because it's very mean, but Jalen looks way better with sunglasses on. He's always wearing sunglasses in their Instagram pictures, and he looks significantly better with the sunglasses on. They ask him if he knew about Teen Mom, and he said he wasn't really familiar with the show. He didn't watch it that much. Okay. So he was familiar with it. (laughs) You've either watched Teen Mom or you haven't. Um, He said that, like, and then when they started talking, he didn't go back and watch it, which I, I believe. I mean, I don't know. If you dated someone that was on a reality TV show, I mean, I know that I would go back and watch every second of it because that's just me. But I guess I can understand how certain people would not, especially if it's like a show that you're not interested in watching, right? Maybe if they were on a show like The Deadliest Catch, I wouldn't watch it because I wouldn't be interested in that. But I like I know myself, I think I'd be watching. Of course I'd be watching, especially if I was going to come on the show. You would never catch me going on a reality TV show and filming on a reality TV show, not having watched every episode that had already aired. That's crazy to me. This is like a thing that comes up on The Real Housewives a lot where it's only becoming socially acceptable, well, socially acceptable, but it's only becoming kind of acceptable now for new cast members to admit that they watched a show in the past. Um, These shows have been on for 10 plus years. (laughs) It would be insane to come on this show, to come on any show that has been on the air for many years and not watch all of the past seasons. And if I was filming, I would for sure because I'd want to know what kind of show it is and like how they how they present people. And if like every boyfriend or like I wouldn't be the boyfriend, I would be the girlfriend. But like if they show every girlfriend is like some fucking crazy lunatic, I'd be like, I don't really want to film for this show. But also people are really fame hungry. And I think Jalen really wants to be famous. (laughs) I just think he really, really, really wants to be famous. Um, He says he isn't intimidated by her having three kids, and he's not a stepdad. He's a bonus dad. (sighs) I don't know how much I love the phrase bonus mom and dad. (laughs) I remember hearing that for the first time from Jada Pinkett Smith, actually, talking about Will Smith's oldest son being her bonus son. Being like, okay. Um, It's definitely become more popular since then. Fine. I get it. Um, I just want to remind people that... Jalen is saying this like less than six months after meeting those kids. He's calling himself their bonus dad. That's fucking weird. That's weird. I'm sorry. It is. I'm not saying that Jalen is a bad person or like he like I kind of think Jalen's probably a good person, right? Like I think that Jalen and Leah would be together for a while. They seem very happy. He seems like a really great, nice guy. But this was filmed, what, like a couple months ago He didn't meet the kids until September. Why is he calling himself a bonus dad? They also once again confirm that he got his own place in West Virginia, but as soon as he moved there, um, they spent every single night together. So he was living with her kids two months after they met him, and now he's already their bonus dad. That's inappropriate. I'm sorry, it is. It's inappropriate. That's moving way too fast, especially, like, when your girls are tweens. Like it's not necessarily an indictment on him. Like, I don't think it makes him like some bad person that he's saying this stuff or doing this stuff, but it just shows like an incredible lack of boundaries that Leah has with her children and her relationships. Um, Your, your boyfriend of six months should not be your children's bonus dad. Full stop. Full stop. Like, no, there's no, there are no exceptions to the rule in my opinion. Like, It's just, it's moving way too fast, especially for, like, the twins, who this is, like, the third or the fourth guy, really, because Jeremy, then TR, then Jason. This is the fourth guy that they've lived with that has been Leah's boyfriend or husband. That's a lot. Like, they're 12. It's not a lot for Leah to have had four serious boyfriends in the last like eight years or nine years, like that's fine. It's not, that's not a comment on like Leah dating too much, but that is a lot of different men to have lived with. And if they're all taking the role of bonus dad, 
six months in, like, that's not good for a child's development. It's also, it's also dangerous. Like, like I said, I do not think Jalen, I think Jalen is a good person. I'm not accusing this of Jalen at all because I don't believe it to be true. But statistics show that the children most vulnerable to being abused are children of single mothers whose partners move in. Like, it, it's just, it's just statistic reality. And Leah, for somebody who has her guard up so much, she sure lets her children fall in, like, become, I was going to say fall in love. I don't know what word I want to use, but have a close relationship with a man that she's known in person for two months. She's so guarded. She's so guarded. Um, okay, so they talk about how they want to get married and have kids, but they're not, you know, they're not, like, super on track to do that right away. Like, they're taking their time, <laughs> which, lol. Uh, Drew tells Kale, or Leah, that she should reach out about Kale, and Leah says she's tried. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Then Ashley comes out. Uh, I still am confused on Ashley and Barr. <laughs> I still, I thought that they'd be like, why did you decide to get married? How is that not the first question? So why did you guys decide to get married? Why? Um, we're just supposed to understand that they got married, then it was horrific, then they went to Team Mom Family Reunion, and they came back and things got better. I'm sorry, it just doesn't track to me. Ashley has a really weird, weird way to describe her issue with Barr. She's like, he's just not passionate about anything. Um, you know, he can go to work every single day, bring his check home, cook for me, run me a bath. But when he's not passionate about something, I just, I, I need more from him. And I'm like, wait, what? That to me is like some kid shit. That's some kiddie shit. Like, expecting every adult to have some passion in life is really silly. If you are not satisfied by your partner having a stable job, taking care of his children, taking care of you, being a full partner in your relationship by cooking and cleaning and whatever, if you're not satisfied by that because they don't have a passion, there's an issue in your relationship. There just is, right? Like, I, I guess, I think what she's trying to say is she wants him to be more ambitious and like that, I guess is fair, but like not everybody has to have some like passion for creating their own business or being an entrepreneur. Like I just, I don't know. I hate that mentality. Ashley does have some good insight. Um, she says she had a lot of trauma as a child. She kind of starts crying, talking about this and because of her trauma, she developed what she called a language, which makes her snap at people, basically. And she feels like she's doing it to protect herself. And I actually, I thought this was really great when she said this. She's like, and I need to learn that, like, I don't need to protect myself from bar. Like, I don't need to use that language to him to protect myself. He can protect me. And I was like, that's really lovely. I think we should take it one step forward and learn that that language actually doesn't really benefit you in any way with anyone, really. Um, it's like, you know, in AA, they would call it a character defect, um, <laughs> which really isn't like a trauma informed. <laughs> you know, it's not really like a trauma informed uh, phrase, but basically we develop these coping skills to deal with our trauma, right? And to protect ourselves. And we develop them as children usually, and they work for us. They, they enable us to survive the trauma. And then when we don't work on dealing with it, those behaviors end up hurting us as adults. And I think that Ashley, like being a really mean person to others around her is a really great example of this, right? So as a child, she, let I mean, I don't know what her trauma is, but for example, like, let's say that she grew up with a parent that, like, really yelled and screamed at her a lot and was abusive towards her. It would make sense that, like, she would learn to mimic that behavior as a way to protect herself from others hurting her, especially, like, if the person that's supposed to care for her the most is hurting her at home. It would make sense then that, like, when she's out and about in the world, when she senses 
that somebody's going to hurt her, be mean to her, she automatically goes into the the person that yells and screams. And we know that she does this, right? Like we know that she fights with people. We know that she talks about people. We know that online she has a really quick tongue, et cetera, et cetera. Like we know that's a thing. So the issue is, is that like, yeah, it's an issue in her relationship, right? And I would imagine, I guess, your first priority should be working on that in your relationship. But it's also like you, as an adult, like you can't talk to people the way that Ashley does a lot. Like she is really hurtful. She says really shitty stuff online. She gets into fights with people a lot. And it's like a really exhausting way to live. And the older you get, like, honestly, the way that it pops up is like somebody like Shen, Barr's mom, right? Who was like fighting every fucking day of her life in her 50s. I actually have no idea how old she is. She could be anywhere from 44 to 60. Um, But like you're fighting every day of your life and you're unable to maintain relationships because eventually, you know, people who have patience run out of patience. And it's like you, you have to stop treating people this way. So I think it's really great that she identified it. Um, It sounds to me like she's doing some sort of therapeutical work, therapeutic work. Uh, I hope it was not just at Team Mom Family Reunion. I hope that it's in her real life, too. Um, it, so I'm glad that she has a way to identify, like, something, a behavior that's really harming her. Um, and I hope that she also realizes that, like, it needs to extend to the rest of the world. Uh, Shen was supposed to come out, but she didn't. And they have this weird, like... I, I don't know. They Bars, like, my mom and I had a miscommunication. She's really overwhelmed. She's never been here before. Ashley's like, no, Shen and I are good. We're great. That's another thing. They seem to be making the same mistake over and over and over again with Shen, right? Like, I they will fight with Shen. They make up with Shen. Ashley and Shen become BFFs, and then there's a fight again. And it's like, you don't need... To, like have a close relationship with her to also not be fighting with her and I I hope one day Ashley realizes that because this whole thing with Shen is going to blow up again because Shen is an unstable person and Ashley's pretty unstable and I think Ashley would do herself a favor if instead of like repeating the cycle of like letting Shen be very close to her if she just like kept a distance at all times a civil nice distance um so I don't really understand why she didn't come out. They are speaking nicely about it, but in a way that something clearly happened. Um, but I think she comes out later. So I guess we'll hear about that. Drew says that she's very sensitive to bar Shen. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> okay, now it's time for Jade. Uh, Jade says that she's really happy and that this is the happiest that her and Sean have ever been and she's just so glad to see him be so happy which is really nice uh then Christy comes out and Christy is I don't know I don't know I don't believe shit Christy says she's crying that she wants to do better she said she's stuck in her relationship with Corey Jade's stepdad she wants to leave him but she can't Drew's like well I think you're doing a lot better than you were before and I'm like is she why do you, why do you say that, Drew? Sometimes I, I wish I could get on stage and be like, follow up on that one, Drew. Follow up on that one. <laughs> because I, I don't really see the progress. It seems like Chrissy is just in a spot where she's willing to cry about it today. Oh, that's another one where Jade, I don't know. Jade seems to be keeping her a little bit of arm, arm's length. She said that Chrissy's not watching Chloe, so that's good at least. So this is really interesting. Sean comes out and first of all, Nessa says his substance misuse disorder. Uh, it's substance use disorder, SUD, S-U-D, but okay. <laughs> okay, substance misuse disorder. I just like, I think it's funny when people are trying to use the correct language and then don't. <laughs> but his his fake teeth are a lot. He needs to go back to whatever dentist did his veneers and have them, like, yellow them up a little bit. Because those things are fucking bright. So they they talk about how much better he's doing. How he's, like, happy for the first time in his life. 
Then there's a very interesting moment. And Drew's like, will you share what your drug of choice is? And he says methamphetamine, which I was thrilled to hear. We've been speculating. I always kind of assumed it was opioids, but cool. Now we know he smokes meth or shoots meth. You can do either. He does meth. Um, and as he's saying it, Jade is like, no, 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 no. And he's like, Jade, I'm just trying to be honest. Like, I'm trying to be open and be in a better place. And Jade, I get it. She's like, I am scared of telling the world too many details because it invites them in for too much criticism. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I get, I mean, being a meth addict is a very stigmatized issue, right? Like, you... The way that meth is stigmatized is crazy, and I don't blame Jade for being like, I don't want people to know specifically that you're a meth addict, because that comes with, like, a whole host of problems that doesn't necessarily come when you just say that you're, like, recovering from addiction and when you keep it vague, which is what they've always done. But I do think it's important that if Sean wants to share, he should be able to share it. And Jade has to deal with that. I think Jade's probably also embarrassed um, by Sean admitting it. And that is a real problem that I think people in relationships with addicts or recovering addicts have. But if you want to be with him, then you need to stop being embarrassed by it. Uh, but it, like, I get it. It is embarrassing. Like, I get, I get why Jade feels hesitant to share that. I also just feel very suspicious of this, like, Sean and Jade are the loves of each other's lives, which Dr. Drew makes them say, which is fucking weird. He's like, is she the love of your life? I'm like, can you relax, Drew? Like, <laughs> what do you, like, who, why are you making them define it like that? But I get why people are like, oh, I'm so happy for them. That's so good that they're doing good. I just don't really buy it. Like, I don't buy that this is a long-term thing because Jade still has a lot of issues that I don't think she's taking care of. And I, I, like, I find it hard to believe that all of their issues just came from Sean being a drug addict. And I don't know what work Jade is doing to fix her part of the relationship. I'd be curious to hear if she thinks she has to do any. Sean confirms that he's nine months sober. Oh my god, I forgot to talk about this at the beginning. I cannot believe I forgot to talk about this. Oh my god. So last week, uh, Jade, Jade, Brie had a <laughs> a case closed party in which she had like 10 or 15 people at an Airbnb. It looked kind of sparse, but I saw a lot of people be like, this is sad. There's like 10 people here. But I do want to remind you that like, when MTV is filming, like, you can't have, like, a huge party. Like, that, it doesn't work for filming. It's why whenever you watch a party on these shows, there are not a ton of people there. And when they are, it's, like, kind of hard to film. And it kind of looks disjointed. And they just have to have the cast members, like, off in a corner the whole time. I think it's much easier to film a party with 10 to 15 people there. But Brie had this big party. Not big party, but what looked like a kind of expensive party and Janelle went that was a, I could not believe it Janelle went without David her and David have been clearly fighting but I don't know I keep seeing people be like are Janelle and David fighting are they breaking up and it's like I think they fight every single day I think Janelle and David probably break up three times a week would be my guess because that's what Janelle does like that's how Janelle's relationships work, but I cannot believe that Janelle went to that party alone. Um, I, I wonder when the last time Janelle, I mean, when she left David the last time, I guess, when she was in Tennessee and, like, went to that guy's New Year's in Boston. Like, I I don't think that Janelle does almost anything without Jade, or without Jade, <laughs> without David, so that was really interesting. Um, and yeah, MTV was filming and Janelle was there. Will Janelle be on the show? Mm, I kind of doubt it. I think that they'll film around her would be my guess. Um, why is Brie friends with Janelle? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know. It speaks so poorly of Brie that she'd be willing to be friends with Janelle. I know that they were like friends when Janelle was still on the show, 
which fine, whatever. I mean, I still think that's crazy, but whatever. But like keeping a friendship with Janelle after she's kicked off the show because her racist, homophobic, transphobic, abusive husband murdered their dog is an interesting choice. And not just like Janelle has all of those beliefs and is always posting that type of shit. So Brie, girl, what the fuck are you doing? But the party was really funny. (laughs) I respect the party. Okay, then we get Kale on Zoom. The boys are doing well. It's interesting. They talk about Javi. And Kale was like, I wasn't ready to admit that, like, Javi and I being close is bad. And I was like, wow, that's actually a good self-reflection. But I've said this before, right? Like, Kale actually does have decent hindsight. Like, when Kale is willing to open and honestly talk about things that have happened, she does have good insight. It's that I think she's unwilling to talk about it a lot. But she's absolutely right. Like, her and Javi having this, like, super close friendship, hookup, whatever they're fucking doing is way more toxic than than just being civil co-parents. Because it always blows up. It always does. They never are able to stay that close. And if they could just not be that close, it's like Shen and Ashley, right? Like, just avoid that super closeness. Uh, Nessa and Drew are both curious if Kale wants a long-term relationship. And Kale says, I may or may not be in a relationship now. She says, Javi and Chris both know about it. I mean, I guess Joe does too, I guess is the implication. Um, And she's like, he's here now. Do you want him to come on camera? And I was kind of surprised by this. She's been posting him. Like, she's doing a soft launch, as the kids call it, of her boyfriend on, like, her Insta stories. I think he's younger than her. Um, I don't remember what his name is. I've seen his name, but I don't remember what it is. But I'm kind of surprised that she was, like, willing to show him this way. Uh, Usually she is not that forthcoming. So that was very interesting. I mean, I guess, I guess good for Kale for showing it. It's to be continued, of course, when he's, like, about to come on screen. So we'll see. She'll probably have, like, Isaac pop up and be like, ah, just kidding. (laughs) I'd be 0% surprised. Next week is Brie, Chris, both saying they haven't fucked, I believe. That's what it looks like they're saying in the previews. Kale, I guess it's going to be the real drama, except, like, nobody's there. So I don't know why they didn't bring Chris in in person. I'm surprised they didn't do that. I guess they're still trying to, like, make Kale happy. Uh, Anyway, that's it for this week. I'll talk to you again next week. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what my decision is. If not, I'll cover part two of the reunion the following week. But I hope everybody has a lovely week and a nice Memorial Day weekend if I don't talk to you before then. And yeah, I love you all. Go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains to sign up for my Patreon and hear my thoughts on all things pop culture. I will talk to you all later. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.